Hi, I'm Mandy Jack and this is my colleague. Hi, I'm Rian Ellis. And we're part of a team of academic developers at Swansea University who provide support and promote good learning and teaching practices and experiences. Welcome to A Pinch of Salt, Swansea University's learning and teaching podcast. If it has anything to do with learning and teaching in higher education, let's make sure everyone knows about it. LGBTQ Plus History Month in the UK is a month-long annual celebration of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and non-binary history, including the history of LGBTQ Plus rights and related civil rights movement. In the United Kingdom, it's celebrated in February each year to coincide with the 2003 abolition of Section 28. Section 28 of the Local Government Act in 1988 had banned local authorities and schools from promoting homosexuality, which had deprived generations of LGBT pupils the chance of seeing people like them in books and plays, leaflets and films their schools couldn't stock or show. Teachers weren't allowed to teach about same-sex relationships. Anyone who broke the law could face disciplinary action. LGBTQ Plus History Month first took place in February 2005 with the intention of raising the awareness of and to combat prejudice against LGBT people and history. At Swans University we celebrate our LGBTQ Plus history and community and we have events on offer for our staff and students like the Climbing Hangar, the Beach Clean, the Faith Gathering and the Iris Prize Film Festival to name but a few. The whole list is on our website and I'll put the links in the show notes. So how can we raise awareness, help and support our LGBTQ plus community all year round? You could start by becoming an LGBTQ plus ally. And here today to tell us more about the community is the chair, David Bolton, and a colleague, Maggie Miller. So welcome, David and Maggie. Can you sort of take a minute or two to introduce yourselves and your role at the university? Yeah, thank you very much. My name is David Bolton. I'm co-chair of the, the LGBTQ plus allies network. The other co-chair has, has since left. So, you know, we are looking for another co-chair at this point in time. So if anyone is interested in that, that would be uh, that would be great. And, uh, you know, obviously you can get in contact through uh, through me. My day job, I'm a program director of BSc business management within the uh, School of Management where I work with, with Maggie here. I've got a passion for, uh, for helping LGBTQ colleagues and uh, students. Thank you very much, David. Maggie? Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. I'm Maggie Miller. I work with Dave in the School of Management as a senior lecturer within the Tourism and Marketing Group. However, I'm also an active member of the LGBTQ plus staff network where I'm in some of the events, admittedly less so since my two little ones have come around. So I have twins who are 16 months old, so it's taken me away from some of the activism that I, I usually like to, to take on around um, LGBTQ plus matters. However, I am very much an inclusive educator and an inclusive researcher, and some of these social justice issues lie at the heart of my own research interests, in fact. So I'm very passionate to to kind of reach out to our allies group and the community more broadly within the university to to discuss about these topics. I can't wait to have you on the podcast again for another episode, <laughs> Maggie. Thank you very much. Uh, so David, so you're the co-chair of the yep. LGBTQ plus allies group, and you mentioned you have a passion, <laughs> but how did, you know, getting that role come about? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, well, getting the role was quite well. I say it's a fortuitous thing, but it it came across, it came across by accident really when I saw a an advert that was uh, that was put out via the various different networks that the university has for someone that was you know going to be involved in that sort of way. I did the Stonewall training as part of the Pride Month last year. And, uh, you know, really did, uh, you know, give me a, a greater insight and, and showed me, I think, how much, uh, you know, I didn't know about the uh, the issues and challenges that was facing the LGBTQ plus community. So, you know, that's really how, how I got involved with that. I obviously know quite a few members of the uh, the community that I that I work with as well, support and respect them. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's my opportunity to help, really. Yeah, it just felt like the the right the, the next move. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we, we can get quite passive. We, mm. we might say that we're not racist, we're not, we, we haven't got any of these prejudices, mm. but unless we're actually doing something actively to help and support, then you sort of are a little bit, I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, it's a, it's an opportunity to 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 make a change and, and, and a positive change and I have a son and a, and a daughter who who identify both as, as gay and the experience that they have had through school and with friends has been has been quite horrific actually especially from the point of my son who actually was attacked homophobically and and had his leg broken so you know there's been you know some some real you know bad input from that perspective so that's a horrific story unfortunately mm. that you've experienced in your own family then Dave yeah it is I mean it was and it was all done under the premise of being a bit of a joke I'm, I'm sure it wasn't done intentionally but he was pulled over to to humiliate him and in falling over he actually snapped his his femur so he, he now has metal work in his leg for the rest of his life so you know I've got first-hand experience of you know the the devastating impact that uh, the prejudice can actually have mm. absolutely yeah, I mean, it's not on the same level in terms of there was no injury, but you know, my granddaughter is constantly stopped when she's going into the ladies' toilets because she likes to present in a quite masculine way. Mm -hmm. She's a woman. She mm -hmm. wants to be a woman. She's only 14. It's just not fair. People would have accused her of being in the wrong toilets. She can read. so All that it, she has to justify it. Absolutely. Yeah. Maggie, how important do you think that the allies group is to the lgbtq community yeah i mean certainly picking back up on dave's very own experience i mean these atrocities and and kind of acts of discrimination against our community are not new and it's you know got a whole history to us as a community having to overcome some of these scenarios these prejudices these assumptions these gender binaries and and some of these larger debates that are ongoing i think the allies group has a really important role in and part of that education i mean similarly you wouldn't expect your black and people of color colleagues to do the work of undoing the racism within your institution. Similarly speaking, we are a community that has been treated unjust and, and unfairly historically throughout time. And now that's, it's not always this injustice that's being experienced. There's a lot of positive things that are happening within the community and supportive organizations that we are part of. But it is, I think, the job of of everyone to collectively come together to move beyond some of these injustices that we're facing. And so the allies group is a great start. And whether it be a personal circumstance that brings you to the allies group like Dave had, or if you are simply, you know, impassioned and motivated by social justice causes, then we want you by our side. And we think it's important because as a collective, our voices will be louder. Yeah. I mean, originally I joined because 
I just wanted to be educated because, you know, if, if yeah. you come from a quite a narrow history yourself, then, you know, I just want to know more. Mm. How can I help more? How mm. can I know more in order to, to help? Yeah, and, I, I, you know, I think I, I've got a very similar experience. I mean, my, my children were, were, were talking about terms that I, I really didn't know what, you know, what it meant. You know, there's like, like the rainbow flag, there's, there's many different, there's many different, you know, colours to it, and you know, from from that perspective, doing the Stonewall training was was absolutely an eye opener for me, and really did get me to appreciate, you know, what what a richness this community had. No, I think that's important. I think the that what Dave said is is kind of and and yourself, Mandy, that lack of knowledge. I mean, even as part of the community, sometimes the terms, the the turn of phrases, are emerging as a very fluid space, quite like our community, very fluid on the gender continuum, very fluid on the sexual orientation continuum. And so these terms are evolving. And I think the best we can do is to continue to educate ourselves, to cite your pronouns as an educator. In fact, I am actually ashamed I didn't start that. I'm Maggie Miller. I go by she, her, and mm. hers. And I think that's an important distinction to add it's a very subtle distinction to add, but then you're telling the students in front of you or you, the individuals in your meeting, I am an open ally and or part of that community because you're acknowledging that not everyone identifies with what their outer appearance might look like from a biological mm -hmm. sex perspective. And so, you know, that's one little tactic I use in my classrooms to show that I'm inclusive rather than just shouting out loud, I'm gay, here's my wife and my two kids and our happy gay family, you know? And, and eventually that those stories do come out, but just simply saying I go by these pronouns is showing that you're creating a, an inclusive space. That's a good tip really, isn't it? I do have them on my, my Zoom and on, on my email, yeah. but I, I didn't think about it. And I'm going to start doing it now when I introduce myself. Absolutely, same here. I have them on my Zoom profile, but I didn't think to say either. Mm. So there's these kind of unconscious biases yep. that we have, mm. isn't it? You know, that we could be doing more of. So David, how long has the group been going here at Swansea? And what other kinds of things does the group do? Do you know, that's a really good question because, you know, I've been here now in the university as, a, as an employee for about 10 years. And Maggie, would you would you have any idea as to as to how long? I've been here for about five years, but I think, you know, not a critique of the group, but perhaps there needs to be more marketing out there of the group because as Absolutely. a as an LGBTQ mm -hmm. identifying member of staff, I didn't actually know about the allies group. I, I knew about the staff network. And so perhaps it's been going on for five, six, seven years, mm -hmm. but you know, what good is that if if not enough people know about the group? And so perhaps as your role of co-chair, yeah. that could ab be absolutely. part of your remit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about raising the vision and the profile, absolutely. Well, in terms of, uh, you know, the uh, the support elements that the uh, the group can provide, it's about raising awareness, you know, through the uh, through the staff and students as well, that there are safe uh, spaces for individuals who you know, perhaps haven't haven't come out or have identified as uh, as one of the uh, one of the members of the uh, the community to, to come and talk um, and uh, you know that these safe spaces are are there for for people to um, to to basically feel that it's all right to uh, to be in that sort of uh, in that sort of space and and talk with uh, with other people. So uh, you know, I think that's one element. Raising the profile is another, and I think we do that through various different events. So there's a lot of events that are happening over the uh, over the course of the uh, the year. It doesn't just relate to LGBTQ plus History Month or Pride Month in June. There are events that are going on throughout the throughout the year to uh, to raise awareness. So what makes a good ally? Do you think, Maggie? 
Yeah, that's a that's a good question. You know, I can I can tell you what makes a bad ally because I I was one at one point. I think you know, growing up in a small community with a very homogenous perspective on life and how to fit in creates walls and boundaries and silos. And I think a bad ally a bad ally is somebody who's not willing to take on new perspectives and be open to listening. So, you know, opposite that, a good ally would be that open-minded individual, somebody who is willing to to hear your story and not necessarily need to jump in and fix it or relate. I mean, we need just open space to to talk about this. But then equally on the action side, a good ally would be somebody who's ready to to be up to bat for you, to be in your corner, to mm. to help raise awareness and use their privileges, their heteronormative privileges to help enact action to support the community members that need it the most. And I think we're lucky at Swansea University that there are a few individuals in leadership roles that are identifying of the LGBTQ community. Now, arguably, I think that could be done a bit more out loud, to be to be honest, but that's everybody's individual preference and their own histories play into how open and out you are. And I can respect that, like the continuum of gender, the amount of privilege and the way you present gives you certain privileges. And I'm sure, you know, every now and again, I pass as a a straight, heteronormative, cisgendered individual, which gives me a certain amount of privilege in certain spaces. And how do I use that privilege? And how do I also then ensure to correct individuals when I'm, you know, maybe mislabeled or I think those privileges are are given to me wrongly for, you know, a, a misuse, if, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I'd like to pick you up on something on that, because, I mean, I, I was thinking as you were talking there, Maggie, about, you know, an ally's, you know, main role about support and actually using privilege to, to call out injustice. But it, it's it, it's more than that. I think it's it's about that that element of correction as well, because I think, you know, you know, we've mentioned about unconscious bias and people are unconsciously biased of a number of different things. And it's about correcting and educating as well. So, you know, I think that's a really important part of it. Yeah, and I think I think just doing those a, a good ally is just doing those subtle things like we talked about. Identifying your your pronouns in the classroom mm. is a very simple step, including LGBTQ scholars and readings into your curriculum. Very subtle way to, to showcase that you are open to perspectives from you know individuals that serve and and work and read and conduct research within this community so i think there are subtle ways to be a good ally that aren't always you know marching in the pride parade or banging your drum at the higher ups that something needs to change obviously there's time and place for those important acts of activism but there are subtle ways where allies can be inclusive Mm -hmm. and open to to our community yeah. And so at the beginning of the podcast, Mandy mentioned a range of things that were put on to celebrate the LGBTQ plus history month. What are some of the things that the allies community have instigated, maybe some projects that have been quite successful? Are there any examples of those? 
I think there's there's a number of different events that have been have been going on. So I mean, the Stonewall training is is one big thing that happened last year as part of Pride Month, and that was before I was uh, was involved in the in the Allies Network, and that's something that obviously is going to be happening, you know, this uh, this year as well. But things such as I mean, we we mentioned about pronouns, you know, the simple act of getting people together to make pronoun badges, you know, to uh, to, to to highlight that yeah, you know, this this is how I identify as, uh, and that it's okay to be able to uh, you know say how you how you identify identify you know social events such as uh, such quiz nights where where members of all the communities can actually come together and and socialize and and have some fun and and, and make it normative from that from that perspective so you know i think there's, there's subtle things that mm-hmm. that happen but there's also the uh, the overt things that happen as well they we sound like quite good fun as well yeah absolutely mm-hmm. just clarify for me dave just unaware of the stonewall training you've mentioned it twice mm. now can you just define that for our listeners of of what the training entails and how they might engage something like that if they were to put it on again yeah absolutely i mean there was terms that uh, that i didn't uh, know about such as you know cis for instance as a, a as an example and also i mean it seems quite obvious to me now but the fact that sexuality and and gender identity are, are two completely different things and you know people can be you know a various different mix of of, of whatever they want to be across a across a spectrum so that was that was a real eye-opener for me and you know it really made me kind of sit back and reflect i think on 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 what you know, my my upbringing was, and I, and I came from you know a small town as well, where you know there there were undoubtedly people from the LGBTQ community that were not out at that stage, but you know didn't feel that they were in in a safe space to to be able to. And so I you know I grew up in a in a in an area where in a, in a time I think as well when these things just weren't discussed, and they and they need to be discussed. People need to be educated, and I think that's the uh, the key point to it. Yeah, certainly. Now, do you think there's maybe scope to offer that kind of workshop? throughout the university as a again or mm. another training because I, I I don't think you you know are the only one that sit in that position of and, and I'm sure I'm as part of the community it, it, you know until I worked actually ironically with a, a youth group from ages 10 to 18 who taught me a lot of mm. things I know about our very own community and yep. like I said these terms and yep. these ideas are are constantly evolving and I think you know mm-hmm. there. There certainly, I think, would be scope across our colleagues and and student body to to do something like a an two day LGBTQ allies workshop or short conference kind of thing. Absolutely, and we could take up some of these topics. I think that's necessary mm-hmm. because you know just just being part of the the LGBTQ plus allies doesn't actually mean anything. I go I go to the meetings, but I you know I'm actually it would be really good to have like you say a workshop where you know we could engage with people from the community people al- other allies mm-hmm. and really find out what it is we need to be doing as yeah. allies in order to be more use <laughs> to be more supportive to you know really make a difference if we can i'm making mental notes now as Good. we as we, so mm. i was going to ask is that training open to staff and students together i I've, i i see no reason why not you know, I think there. It's not just a, from my perspective anyway. It's it's not just a a staff ally network. It's an allies network per se. And uh, you know, we are a community here within Swansea University, and that community includes staff and students. Yeah, and I do think emphasize on student allies network or even on a LGBTQ student network. And I'm sh- there perhaps is a society. I'm not exactly sure, mm. but I think these are those formative years. These are the years that individuals move away from their parents are the first time on their own and
and they're starting to discover themselves, things about their own sexuality, the, things about their own identities, and to have a space to support that exploration yeah. is, I think, vital and key. And it might mean separating the network from the staff because I think, you know, do you want to tell your teacher everything you've been doing over the weekend, you know? And so I think there's some scope to, to you know, having a mentor from the staff side of things, but to perhaps encourage some of our key community member students to take up mm. some of these these ideas and hopefully create a space for our, yeah. our student groups to, to start engaging uh, in this way the mentor and i pick you up on that because i think there's a there's an element there for reverse mentoring as well where the the students are actually mentoring the staff as to yeah, or doing leading the training yeah, since absolutely. they're all down yeah, with yeah, the terms yeah. these yeah. days absolutely yeah really good because i remember the first event i went to when i first joined swans university and i was trying to get one of my colleagues to come with me and she said oh, i'm not gay why would i mm. need to go I'm like, well that's the exact reason why you need to come. Come with me. Come and learn. We're we'll all human beings, out. aren't we? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. It was an incredible event. Yeah. It really was. It was led by Martin Stringer, our PBC at the time. And, you know, it was just it was just amazing. And I just thought, why why am I you know, why is this such a small event? Why aren't there why isn't everybody here? Mm -hmm. You know, why are we all trying to learn how to be how to how to be a better I don't want to say ally because just how how to be a better person better you know yeah. you know to each, yeah. to each other so are there any other misguided assumptions do you think that people make I think I'm going to refer that one over to, to Maggie in the first instance I mean I think you've hit on some of the the assumptions around you know your own and it's probably the assumptions are probably misunderstandings or or ignorance not maybe intentional ignorance but ignorance from lack of knowledge of the terms or you know of recognizing sexual orientation isn't directly tied to mm. gender recognizing gender is a spectrum and understanding the nuances of the community could really unpack assumptions we have about individuals who may present very feminine but identify as male for example or a man mm. and, and how non-binary comes into it mm -hmm. and understanding the nuances of of these terms in these communities could I think really so those assumptions those misguided assumptions are perhaps linked to just ignorance and and mm -hmm. unaware and and then yeah and then you of course then kind of can unpack some of the injustices that then evolve from those misguided misguided assumptions or that ignorance i think there's the, the danger of making assumptions as well and again going back to the uh, the stonewall training that was something that was that was highlighted that you know if you if you don't know how somebody uh, you know you a really good example there someone that's uh, that presents as female but might might identify a, a, as male you you can't make an assumption about that until they they actually offer it. and it's not your place to actually make that assumption you know, in in any case yeah and well and as a an lgbtq member of the community i actually and I, i'm speaking from my own perspective some individuals may not like to be asked point blank how i identify but i think it's always better to ask how an individual mm. wants to be known or understood or what name do you want to be called maybe it doesn't even want that they do not even want a pronoun associated to them they'd mm. rather just be called by name mm -hmm. by x whatever and so you know i my partner my wife gets when when she's not in in the space with me um there's an off often lot of assumption that i have a male 
partner and or husband. And sometimes I take the time to say, oh, my wife and I moved here or I slided in there. And, and then other times I, I just decide to hang back because, you know, it creates an awkwardness that, that I feel I have to unpack the history of who I am and my identity. But I do try to kind of correct as much as possible when I have the bandwidth because I feel as somebody who presents quite feminine mostly probably not today <laughs> that, Me too. that I'm all off assumed to be with a male partner and so I have a constant process of coming out I feel like I'm constantly coming out which can be very exhausting from my perspective of a constant correction of actually my wife actually blah blah, blah you know and, and unpacking my histories and my identities like that so either like Dave said it's better not to just make an assumption mm. use generic terms like your partner and let the individual fill in the blanks for you or if they want to yeah if they want to or if if you're unsure and you do want to associate a pronoun and or say what's the best name for me to call you or or mm. how do you what do you like to be identified at? Mm as or maybe not so direct but in 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 essence mm. asking them and, and giving the space for the individual to, yeah. to decide and, and i think some you know somebody like myself from the from the heteronormative you know side of things we, we don't have to do that um and I, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand or or realize because you you don't have to unpack your life you know you know if i if i said my partner I, you know most people would would associate that that i've got a wife but that may might not be the case you know i might have a husband and so on but you know i think uh, you know that that's an element that everybody needs to needs to be aware of so then if staff would like to get involved which i i think from listening to the conversation today we i hope that we do inspire a lot more staff to get involved how would they go about that I think the the main thing from an allies network perspective is the is the pages that are available on the on the website. There's a number of different contact details on there, myself included, bio of myself as well. And you know we have a number of people that that are working with us from from a HR perspective and from a from a campus life perspective that uh, that, that information and, and and get you all of the the information that you need basically to to join the network. And equally, if individuals who are listening and actually feel they want to be part of the LGBTQ plus staff network or want to explore what that means and how that group functions and how our community functions. There are pages on the website that would direct you to who to contact. And you also can do it anonymously if you choose so because recognizing not everyone is at their point of readiness to come out and maybe they're not exploring the idea of coming out but need a supportive network and there are opportunities to have closed community events we do run closed community events where they're only open to individuals who are part of that membership group and then of course there are the larger lgbtq plus history type events mm -hmm. where we try to bring the allies group and and the broader swansea community out for so that website is key. I'm sure Mandy's going to put that in the show notes for you. Yeah, I am. And I was also going to mention that there is a new newsletter. Yes, absolutely. And that's something that I forgot. Oh. So quarterly newsletter that will be coming out, that will be developed by the uh, by the Allies group to uh, to basically showcase what we're doing. Yeah, because that's, that's when I sort of realised, when it came out in, mm. at the end of the year last yep. year, I thought, I haven't paid any attention at all. I need to get more involved. Mm -hmm. 
I know I'll start by having a podcast and then hopefully that will rekindle some of the excitement and, and, and hope I had for being part of the Allies group. Yep. So it we is... can feature the podcast in the newsletter. Absolutely. Excellent. Is there a social media Following. Yeah, and again, the all of the social media links are on that web page, so it's easy, and and they'll be on the uh, on the newsletter as well. So, how do you both see the future of the Allies Group? Yeah, for me, sometimes I do feel that Swansea University is a very supportive and inclusive space for the LGBTQ plus community, but there has been instances where you question whether that is a genuine and authentic message or if it's a bit of a marketing ploy or a, a, a way to to kind of capture, you know, additional students and staff to come work in and study here. And so I think the allies group, the role is very important to continue to unite with our LGBTQ staff and student community to, to um, stand up to injustices, to ensure that we're holding accountable the university and the leadership teams to to promote, but not only promote, to follow up their their voices with action that that is meaningful. So you know. If you're going to post a pride flag, then to not waver, metaphorically waver that flag or bring it down because individuals start to cite abuse towards our community and, and thinking more about those types of decisions more strategically and, and more inclusively and in bringing the community voices into those discussions on how do we go about some of the challenges we might face from our homophobic counterparts yeah. because I think allies have work to do but I think I would hopefully they'd seek counsel with the rest of the community. Mm. So Dave do you agree? Do you have anything to add on how you see the group developing? Yeah I think it's a I agree totally with with what Maggie said, and I think from from my perspective as a, a an individual that's that's co leading this group, it's 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 about walking the walk as as well as talking the talk, mm. and not bowing down to uh, to pressure, and and making the the community, the family that we've got here within uh, within the university as inclusive as possible. Do you feel there's been progress in the time that you've been involved in the Allies group? It's been a really short time frame. I mean, I I only became an ally after the the, the Stonewall training last year, and uh, I've been I've been chair since since January. So you know, it's only you know four to six weeks really that I've that I've been in a in a leadership role from that point of view. So I'm really taking stock, listening to the community, finding out you know exactly what's you know what's what's needed and and how as as two communities together we can we can we can progress and. and make this a more inclusive environment it would be good to have somebody here who was in the group 10 years ago i was mm. just interested mm. in what's changed yeah. you know over the last 10 years and what is there still to change and challenge and that's constantly evolving I mm -hmm. guess. yeah absolutely like the terminology yeah mentioned yeah definitely well thank you ever so much we sort of coming to the end now but um got a few fun questions as they're not to be taken seriously but just as just to sort of round our episode off if you could have if you could time travel where would you go? A historical event, maybe, or even someplace in the future? Do you want to start, David? Yeah, I, I mean that's that's a, a really interesting question. You know, I think I, I mean I've I've got a personal interest, I suppose, in 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 Roman, you know, things. I mean, I I like you know the the whole antiquity, the Colosseum, and stuff like that. So I I would like to 
go back to a kind of ancient Rome, I think, and, and, and see, you know, what, what it was really like, you know, whether or not it's been built up to be a lot more than it actually was and, and so on. So, yeah, I think that's, that, that's a, a time in history that I'd like to see. Interesting, no? Thank you. Yeah, I think I would time travel back to the first summit of Mount Everest and what that would look like. I have a, a deep interest in mountaineering and mountain tourism and that sort of thing. So understanding what Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay Sherpa were feeling and thinking when they uh, stood on top of the tallest mountain in the world. I think that would be really cool to understand and to see, you know, talking about a group who who wasn't often identified as a community that was was actually pivotal to the summoning of mountains but the, the sherpa community voices are so important and to actually actually more importantly i would rather meet tenzing norgay than sir edmund hillary and i want to <laughs> know what what his experience of climbing mountains was like oh fabulous fabulous so another fun question so who would you like to have as a guest speaker to promote or discuss lgbtq plus issues and they could be dead or alive for me it would be hands down ellen degeneres i think she's hysterical she's funny and i think humor sometimes brings a bit of levity to a very serious topic and issue and she's been brilliant for the LGBTQ plus community ever since she had come out in some of her primary big TV roles and so she's gone on to run her own talk show and she's got a huge presence on social media but I like the way she kind of peppers in being gay or being part of the queer community very naturally and I think it brings a, a normativity to life as someone who identifies as LGBTQ. We're just like everyone else and we're people and we just wanna we just wanna laugh and love and and, and be alive all together and, and I think that Ellen does that uh, very well. So I think I would I would welcome Swansea University to fly her over here. <laughs> My, mine's a little bit closer to home, but it's uh, you know from the uh, he's from the LGBTQ plus community as well, and that's that's Joe Lyser. I'm a big fan. I've I've seen him a number of times, and he just makes me roll around on the floor laughing. And I, I think again the same as Ellen DeGeneres is a way that bringing his sexuality into the frame and uh, and actually normalizing it as well you know in terms of in terms of that so you know i think yeah absolutely hands down he's uh, he would be somebody that i would love to see talking Excellent. about this well joe and ellen if mm. you're listening to the podcast <laughs> give us a contact at swans university you never know that would be really good <laughs> so if you could sum up your time in higher education in three words what would they be enlightening uh stressful and uh, i think the the last one would probably be it, it, well it's not a word but it, it, it's it's been a journey for me personally not being a career academic before and coming from industry but it's it, the last 10 years has been a journey for me nice nice collection of words Maggie. so eye-opening but that's two words but we'll count it as one yeah hyphenated eye-opening hyphenated exciting and I'd say informative or educational for me as a as a personal and professional growth. Like you said, kind of mm. if we do reverse mentoring or intergenerational mentorship where we're learning from our students and the individuals around us. And so it has been a very informative and educational process for me as well. Uh. 
Well, thank you so much for coming, Maggie, David. It's been really great to chat to you today. And thank you for listening. And you can find this and all our other pod episodes of A Pinch of Salt on Spotify and on our website and many other uh, podcasting platforms. You can also find the links and recommendations or suggestions that we mentioned in the show in the show notes on our university website. So goodbye from me, Mandy Jack. Goodbye from me, Rian Ellis. Thanks for having me. Goodbye and look forward to seeing some of you out at our events. Yeah, and goodbye from me and hope to see many of you joining the, uh, the Allies Network as possible. <laughs>